So hi Daniel, welcome back. You know, after a long time, right? Five minutes. <laughs> so um, you started at Helidon team, at Dimitri's team, right? This was your, your you applied at Oracle, and uh, yeah, and yeah. this was uh, Dimitri's team, which does basically everything. So what I learned: Jaxby, Jersey, and Helidon, right? And the Yason and Yason, exactly. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you saw the Yason logo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. This is Jason Binding, and I say, why this Duke looks that strange? And this is actually uh, Dimitri's humor, I think, because it was great. I saw it in Java, and I said, this looks a little bit strange. And then I thought about Yas, uh, not Yason, uh, Jason B, Jason Binding, not Yason. Jason B, Jason Binding. And Jason uh, Binding, you know, the Jason, like the first name, and Binding the Jason. This is why it looks so strange. So this was actually a nice... Nice humor. Uh -huh. so, yeah. uh -huh. I, I never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I thought a lot because I saw this this this, this logo. It's like, why did you look so strange? And Jason B, why why is this related to Jason B? And then I said, okay, Jason B. If you spell it, it's probably Jason, like the first name, and binding, like binding the Jason. And the and the Duke looked exactly like that. So okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember on, uh, only the jer jersey logo. The uh... no, jersey logo is boring. It's just the yellow jersey. Yeah, but everybody remembers that because you know it's. Yeah, it's the yellow shirt. It's so what I thought is that you started at Sun, but you started at Oracle. So it's interesting uh, because you know the Jersey has all the Sun legacy. So most of the projects yeah. started at Sun. I, I always, I always wanted to work in Sun, but but it's it, it's wasn't Sun long enough. Yeah. <laughs> Before yeah. I, I I managed to get in, it, it was Oracle. But it doesn't. But I think that that it's still still the same. They are still the same people. And exactly, and, uh, exactly. This is what I would also see. The people like Oracle's like, look. But most people which work with Java, that's actually the people with the Sun's mindset, regardless whether they started to you know at Oracle or not. But uh, there are lots of Sun people there, and uh, it feels similar. So, what is your the impression? So the first days at Oracle. So you like that? You are scared, or what's what's? Yeah, I was yeah I was scared and it, it, uh, somehow you know I, I had this this awe that oh, oh I'm finally here and yeah and I wanted to get there so, for so long so why you wanted to work for Oracle was it like the company fascinated you or why so why I mean you like the name you yeah. like you know what Iron Man because <laughs> because I really well well I I made my thesis about the NetBeans and I ah, knew the history okay. a little and 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 read a lot about the people working there so so that's why. I okay, so this is understandable. It's like you wanted actually at Sun. It's okay, Sun is gone, but it's bought by Oracle, so this is the natural choice, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Got like it. That. Got it. Because I also um, at the beginning of Java, there was already Oracle, of course, and I started in Java in 1995, and I really liked Oracle always, and because the database was really great, and I uh, and I knew lots of people who really believed in Oracle. I remember I was a young developer, and I was in a room. And it was just, you know, the uh, database books from Oracle. It's like, I think Oracle database five or six, the entire wall full of books. And the, and the database, database administrator sit there in the middle of the room. And he was really knowledgeable. So I asked him some questions and he always had an answer, very technical. So this really impressed me, what I remember. And Oracle was a great steward before, in the early Java days. So um, what I remember, they had uh, the Oracle database, and then there was IFS, I remember. It is called Internet File System. And I did the investigation of this, this thing, and this was prior 2000. So this was the time frame. And it was Java-based. And they had Aurora database engine. I remember the name because it was a cool name, Aurora. 
And this was a Java-based thought procedures or something like this. So from the beginning, so they, I always, you know, if I if I read about Oracle, it was mostly related, no Java related. So and and my impression was back then that in one point of time, you know, you can just run in Oracle database Java workloads. This was my imagination. And what also happened somehow at the conference, I found back then that Oracle had uh, there was a Palm Pilot, like you know, the small device. It looks like iPhone, but it's smaller. And there was an Oracle software development kit which ran Java on this Palm Pilot. And I was, you know, huge Java fanboy. And so for me, it was a great. What Oracle does is really nice. And they had nice design and always on. So for me, I would say Oracle back then was a really interesting company. And uh, Sun was just natural because, you know, if you want to do something with Sun, there was JavaSoft first and Sun. And Oracle and IBM, the same. So IBM, there was, um, I don't know whether you remember, there were the... Uh, Huh. Now it's just the uh, IBM developer back then. It uh, back back then. I forgot the name. There were two portals, uh, developer portals, which know the freshest Java stuff, and I always was there and downloaded the freshest stuff. Uh, it was not developer connection. They renamed it to to, to now. It was um, developer network or something like that. Yeah, developer network. JDC was from Sun Java. JDC Java developer network. Uh, AlphaWorks was the first name of IBM. AlphaWorks. This is what I'm and the alpha works. There was uh, you could you could you know the the recent most recent libraries like Xeroses. I remember one day or Java agents, crazy stuff you can download from there. Alpha works and uh, there were two portals from IBM Java Developer Connection from from uh, Sun. Okay, so this was uh, my opinion about Oracle back then. So I thought you know you something like me that you saw you know the databases and the Palm Pilots and you were fascinated by Oracle. But you were later, so you just, you know, yeah. okay, this is the successor of Sun. Okay. Before um, they, they, they bought Sun, it, it was, uh, Oracle for me was just a database. I didn't know much about Oracle mm -hmm. before. Okay. So, and what is your first day at Oracle? So, you did something productive or you had, you know, to sign everything and work out, uh, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of signing, I yeah. guess, and, uh, and a lot of uh, training for how to... Uh, behave and uh, okay how to solve some you know, personal situations don't yeah don't fight with dimitri and something like this right dimitri will yeah, win yeah, yeah, anyway exactly. so exactly yeah, yeah. okay and um so and uh then you started to work on helidon or what, what was the story no no I, I didn't start immediately on helidon because i like a newcomer i have i i got uh i got the the you know the 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 tasks for a newcomer. So, so, so I've been updating uh, some examples in, in Metro and Jugsby, mm -hmm. and it was it was really awesome for me because because I, I really I'm a, 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 an XML enthusiast, uh -huh. I would say. So, so I was really it was really interesting, and and uh, I was even fixing some bugs in there, and uh, uh, I was actually I actually got to digging into the code of, of such a titans like. Uh, Koshuke, Kozuki Kawagachi, uh huh? Yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. And, and Norman, Norman Walsh and uh, those guys, and it was really interesting. So, uh, so it, it was. This was interesting enough for me, and uh, it was like you know, like I, I was like going to to the work with my nose up, and it's finally here, and it's, it's really great, and I, I was really happy, and uh, it was. And like it wasn't enough. Uh, I remember first time when uh, uh, when I met Yarda Tulak in the kitchen. Uh -huh. uh, I, I, came, I came to the kitchen and he, he was there and smiling on me and 
treating me and I, I was like completely speechless, you know, because uh, so I was like, I, I know you and uh, I was so completely creepy. And Yeah, Yaroslav uh, Turak is great. And the, the great story is uh, the Yaroslav Turak is an API guy, right? So this is uh, behind the APIs. On, and I'm from the business projects, you know, for me, the API can be interesting, but it doesn't have to be. You know, and uh, if I meet Yaroslav, we always had a chat, you know, so I tell, told him, hey, I don't need such an API management that you are doing. It is completely pointless. And, and that is why <laughs> we had always fight about that, right? Because two complete perspective, different perspective. If you're building something like Helidon, let's say, or IDE, you have to be really, really careful what you are exposing an API and how it is designed. But in a business project, they just don't matter at all. Because yeah. why I should build an API if it changes every other day, right? This is just stupid. And uh, so this was a very nice conversation with Yaroslav always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. W once someone starts to using something you don't want him to use, it's, it's it's a nightmare. So yeah, yeah, you have to design the API. So you met Yaroslav, That's but the Yaroslav works for Gradle team, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, and they've been sitting like almost next to me. Oh, so it was like okay. awesome, you know. And, ah, I saw him right now. It's, yeah, it was it was really great. And I was creepy, like some you know like. Uh, some metal band fun on the concert. I don't know. Oh, really? Uh, which uh, which bands do you like? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lately, I I've been I read some article from the Atlassian that uh, that the most successful developers are listening to metal. Mm -hmm. So I never I, I actually never enjoyed metal much. So I've been trying to you know get in somehow. So I tried all <laughs> oh really? You read the article yeah. and then you try you know, to force yourself to to hear to heavy metal. Yeah, I I I didn't try to force myself. I just was you know I, I never really, <laughs> that's, you know, that's funny. Tried okay. it so so why not? So so I tried it and I I, I finally I, I found one that I actually liked and that that's called Nanovar. It's some I, I Manowar. Na Nanovar of steel. Manowar. Nanovar. Nanovar. It, 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 and yeah, and it, it's Italian band, metal okay. band, and and that's really interesting. It's 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 one metal Manowar, band. Like, you have like. to check it out. Uh -huh. I heard yeah, about yeah, Manowar with, with the M. Yeah, they, they are making fun from them. It's, ah, it's kind of, fun of you know, them is, is even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so, so it was like that, and there was more people like that, like Lukas Jungmann and uh, and Dmitri and and the people you have always been reading, mm -hmm. you know, and then. Suddenly, you are meeting them uh, day to day yeah. in the, in the office My impression, I, ne I never work for Oracle, but uh, I, I know Dimitri a little bit and Yaroslav, and they have a great sense of humor, right? So you can have lots of fun with them. Also, they are very knowledgeable, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great team. It's, I, I'm just, it, it's just so sad that, that, that I've been only a few months there, and then, then, then this terrible virus came, and I have to be at home since then. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm one of those guys who actually enjoys the office, I guess. I miss that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, in your case, so one year longer would be better than you. You could, you know, get your idols and then and then be isolated. But for work, yeah, yeah, for, produ for, produ for productivity, is working at home perfect? Really, really good. In your case, not so, because um, maybe you know your work is too creative. So you work together. You know, you have to discuss things. So it is more fun to work together and. But if it, the software is no more that innovative, they're just working, then it's better at home. You know what I mean? So for specific, you know, if you have some brainstorming, it's always better in person. But yeah, uh, yeah, to, to, to getting things done, sometimes better at home. Yeah, with kids, it's maybe a little complicated. You know, yeah. the schools are closed. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's getting harder and harder. And, and it's also hard to actually, you know, make, make, the, make, make the borders when, when you should stop. 
yeah working and 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 yeah this is my my problem i'm uh, no problem this is actually i don't yeah i'm i'm not i was never employed i was always freelancer so i don't have such borders which is now perfect but at the beginning it was really hard you know when to stop working because uh there's a lot to do i could work you know all the time but you have to stop at some point right but if you consider yeah, yeah. your work as fun it's not as bad i would say so yeah yeah it's um it's, I, I think it's it's great to do something to enjoy it yeah i really i still really enjoy it so um and uh yeah and uh, so you started to work with Metro and, of course, XML a lot, Jaxby and stuff like that. And then you you met the Yaroslav from NetBeans fame and now GraalVM and Dimitri and all the other guy. And what happened then? So you mess up the parser and you were laid off from the <laughs> or what? What did you do? Yes, something like that. Uh, I was then I was tasked to create a demo for Halidon connecting to Kafka. Why this? Uh, to, uh, why you why you had to switch from Metro to Helidon? So it's like sometimes they uh, approach you. Was it like you know the uh, the the Metro like your introduction to the technology, and then you were always meant to work on Helidon, or was it your choice to switch to Helidon team? I don't know. Maybe, okay, well, that, that's something only Dmitry knows. Ah, okay, so, okay, you have to so, ask him. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so I. I, I've been tasked with this, you know, connecting to Kafka, and and I was starting the digging around because I didn't know much about Helidon, and mm-hmm. uh, I was and I was quite missing some some you know easygoing API like the Spring has, you know, just annotate some method and uh, configure mm-hmm. something, and then then expect some messages messages to come in, and, and so I've been digging even deeper and uh, and found out the microprofiler active messaging spec, which uh, seems like like quite reasonable and yeah. and easy enough to implement. So, yeah, so incoming and outgoing, doesn't the two annotations, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those, those two methods were, were actually all I've been interested interesting in from yeah, exactly. start. So uh, so I tried to implement the POC or over the weekend or something and uh, and then I got the green light to continue implementing the full spec. That was it. So uh, then so I've been you know uh, probing around even more and I have quickly realized that I can't move much forward without the microprofiler active operators, okay. which is you know, the abstractions over the reactive operators. So we can easily switch them, switch the implementation of them. And uh, so I went for actually implementing the operators myself oh. because Helidon 1.x got only a few reactive operators and uh, uh, those were used mainly internally. And uh, so I try to implement myself. I thought it's a good idea because, you know, I, I knew what reactive streams are because, you know, okay. I knew how to use FlatMap, right? So I okay. was like an expert. So so I tried it. And there, there was like everywhere in every article about it, there was always a warning, don't do this. Don't don't implement the okay. operators by yourself. So, so, so I tried that. And, uh, and uh, while I've been imp- implementing, then I have realized that I can actually implement the more operators to the Helidon reactive engine itself because it's it's uh, implementing the flow API. So I have started to implementing the operators uh, in the Helidon engine and uh, implementing the flow API and then actually reusing them with uh, an adapter in the okay. reactive streams. So to the listeners, so what Helidon is is like a runtime. It provides Java SE and microprofile flavors. So I mostly use the microprofile. Java SE is even leaner, but uh, is more, I would say, Helidon specific. And what are you saying here that Helidon is based on the Flow API? I assume this is the JDK 9 uh, Flow API, right? The uh, reactive flow? 
API from JDK. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Where you have the subscription and the oh, it's subscription and the two three parts. Subscriber. And, Subscriber, uh, yeah, exactly. This thing between, so you can actually so uh, JDK ships with reactive programming built in toolkit. You can just use it, and this is the and seems like I didn't know about that that Helidon uses this behind the scenes. So it is built on this reactive flow engine. You yeah. said, yeah. Uh, and and your yeah, assignment. All, all the yeah. All all the reactive APIs are using that to you know to uh, uh, to provide you with the reactive stream. So we, we we need some operators to actually work with that because without the operator you can connect it to different implementation uh, of the operate reactive operators, but but that that was somehow cumbersome. So yeah, and and the and the and the the whole point of the the flow API is like you have message producer and message receiver and the message produces and the receiver receives. But uh, the receiver has the opportunity to tell the producer, don't produce too much because I cannot consume it enough. So the back pressure, somehow communication is backed in. So this is the, the entire thing yeah, of, of yeah. the reactive, right? That, 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 that was the simplest explanation I have ever heard, actually. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Oh, thank you. And, 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 and the <laughs> entire holy grail of reactive programming is actually that you have a collection. This is how I explain it. So I have collection or list. And uh, you are subscribing and it gets, you know, you get a new stuff in without doing anything. So uh, the collection just grows or whatever. There are new elements in the list and you are consuming with Java, it's stream mapping, filtering, flat mapping, whatever. It's, it's, it looks like if the data structure were alive, right? So because you get more data in and, and you're just reacting to the data. So and therefore, yeah, yeah. the reactive programming makes only sense in my eyes to stuff like Kafka, or uh, or structures which are similar to that, where you have you know events happening just, and you are you are you have a data structure which reflects to these events, and you can subscribe and do something about it, right? So this is the the entire idea. And why I'm saying this because what I saw, I hated reactive programming the last years because there was fashionable, and lots of projects developers tried to do something with reactive programming without having you know the event sources. So they got the idea to pull the HTTP server and do something. And this is completely, in my eyes, what is pointless because you get a lot of problems with it. So it's mean like if you have, you know, request response API and try to be reactive, it is not always a good idea to do that, except you are doing this only not to block threats, you know? So like a workflow engine, so this could be a good idea. So um, now, uh, now we are on the same page. So you use the JDK reactive stuff because the uh, Hedidon already used that and the reactive operators from MicroProfile, this is the flat maps and all the implement the all the functions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to implement them because the microprofile is only, you know, the, the API and mm -hmm. and you need the, some underlying implementation of the map and flat map and filter. Mm -hmm. So so to to pass the TCK for the messaging, I needed the to pass the TCK for the reactive streams operators and uh, for that, I need those operators. So, so I started to implement. So, so you went back to Dimitri, say, "Hey, uh, bad news. We are done. Yeah, but it, not really. So I have to, I have to implement <laughs> now. You know, two hundred operators from a completely different spec, which you actually don't care, but I have to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It it went some somehow like that. And yeah, yeah. If I only knew how 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 much work it is, I, I wouldn't even try. I guess. But this but, is what uh, I wanted to ask you because um, this is actually a lot of work, right? Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of work, but it was interesting work. I have learned so much about concurrent programming and those things. So. What do you speak on this behind the scenes, completable future a lot and stuff like that, or just even lower level? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not only 
it's not only about locking and that stuff because it's it's usually the locking it's uh, uh, is uh, expensive and in the operators you atomic have data structures to, yeah yeah atomics and uh, uh, stuff like spin that. locks and ah, and okay those things. nice and, and you and you have to you you have to be really fast because with that, that operators you can quickly you can you can be snowballing the performance like really quickly so yeah. so if you if you if you have some performance if you're losing some performance only you know marginally then uh, then when you know you do it on a million items uh, being flat map other thousand on each item it's, it will quickly get out of hand so so you just have to be really performant so so, so what it means that you alone managed to implement uh, reactive messaging uh, for microprofile and uh, the reactive uh, operators? No, I, I, no, no, I didn't. I, I just tried. Okay. <laughs> and the, and uh, and uh, when I tried to implement those uh, operators, uh, uh, I quickly was uh, contacted by uh, by guys from performance team who are those who are monitoring the performance of the whole Heligen and, and they have discovered it. I have slowed down some parts oh. of the Heligen terribly. So, <laughs> so, so, so I have been in contact and those are, those, those are the guys, one of them especially uh, helped me a lot to, uh, to find the, the problems and, okay. and, uh, and uh, taught me a lot about the concurrent programming I didn't know even exist. So, so it was really interesting. And uh, as I've been progressing further and further then something completely incredible happened and uh, in one uh, uh, i think it was the uh, reactive uh, streams for jvms specification mm -hmm. uh, there was a discussion under under some issue uh, about the spec or about the tck's i, I guess and uh, there was a david carnock i okay. somehow noticed the discussion and he noticed our work on the operators, so so uh, he offered to contribute implementation of those needed operators to Halidon, which was like, oh my God, this is great, you know. Okay. So so he literally implemented most of the operators, rewrote all my you know not really performant work, and uh, then we. The, uh, the David is the guy behind uh, reactive uh, manufacturing. Uh, Eric Jawa. Eric Java, uh, Eric Java. I, I uh, think uh, even a bit, bit behind uh, uh, some part of the re reactor. And reactive so, manifesto, I, I think as well he was involved, right? No? With Jagger. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, sure. But Eric uh, yeah, Java so, is one of the, I would say, uh, oldest implementations. Yeah, it was yeah, also yeah. used heavily by Netflix back then, I think, I remember. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that they have even uh, helped him to develop it by contribute by lending him a few developers to help, I guess. Okay. And and, uh, and and right now he just wrote it as a, does the guy work for Oracle? The David? No. No, no. And he just uh, said, no, okay, as far my, as I know. In my leisure, I would just implement it for you. This was the deal or what? Yes. And I was like, it, it was, I was so impressed because. Why are you telling this year? You had to go to back to Dimitri. So look how productive I was, you know. In two days, I managed to, to or, or no, two days, three weeks took me, you know, to implement all the operators. Yeah, yeah. It's. This yeah. would be a it, yeah cool stuff. It was be that would be unbelievable. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's really great because the, the, the David is like like a demigod of reactive programming. So, but this is great. So, what it means is that this is open source, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it means that he contributed lots of stuff, and now we have 
another implementation of microprofile reactive programming by Helidon. We have one from Quarkus, from Red Hat, and the ones for, from you. Yeah, yeah, from me and David. And have you looked um, at the small right? from a performance team. And, and small right yeah, implementation? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we are, uh, yeah, we are faster now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, we we have been comparing that. Uh, I I couldn't get to them with with the performance. Uh, I've been trying to close to, to get close to them, but I but, but I just couldn't. But but uh, when David rewrote the operators, it just we just went the performance yeah. went through the Very roof. Good. It was and fine. why you didn't use the small right? You couldn't, or it was the license not compatible? What's the problem with the small right implementation back then? You know, we are trying to uh, keep a. We are trying to keep the uh, uh, limit the number of third-party dependencies uh, as much as we can. Very so good. the Helidon is, isn't actually like Spring that you download half of the internet, you know, just to, just to Very good. hello. World. I have now uh, in the previous podcast had a conversation uh, with SAP about uh, how to deal with external dependencies, and we we talk. I'm sorry, my opinion is we don't have any, or we have our reasons, right? But uh, this could be a strategic reason. We implement by ourselves so that we are not depending on someone else. So then we can manage everything by ourselves. So it could be, could be also joint venture. They'll say, we are contributed actively to Smorai and then it's, we take ownership, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we have to, we wanted to have more control yeah. over the concurrency related stuff in, uh, in the Halidon, like even in the Halidon core itself, because uh, we are, you know, we are trying to be ready for uh, for adopting the loom as fast as, as possible when when the yeah. time comes, because everyone in Oracle is like you know super excited about the loom. So, so we want to be ready. So, so when we had different uh, operators and we had some problem with some concurrency stuff inside the operator, then we would have to do something about it really complicated. And way. I think you have Th more this way we can. opportunities out also to hack your stuff right if something doesn't work you can very quickly hack this around and if yeah, you are depending yeah, on yeah. that party in the early stages always a problematic so yeah i'm with you with that i just wanted to know why um and this is also what excites me because uh Halidon is an oracle project a fresh one and a complete different take on the entire stuff it is also complete different goals to quarkus also it is very similar to quarkus but you, you you are following complete different approaches and i had to know the the um discussion with uh, Dimitri already, and uh, he's obsessed about performance, which is also great. Uh, for me, it's less important because Java is already fast enough. In my projects, we never had serious performance problems if we had a problem with database or external I.O., but in our system, is you know... But uh, it seems like what can happen, of course, that Helidon could become part of the Oracle Cloud infrastructure or API gateway, whatever, and if someone builds somewhere serious with it, complete different story, right? Complete different story. Like uh, if I would build Netflix streaming, let's say, and use Helidon for that, they have complete different requirements than in my, you know, projects where we have several hundreds or several thousand clients is complete different scale. And what's also exciting is that you are working for Oracle, where Java is also developed. So it potentially you could, you know, learn about Mark Reinhold and all the other guys, Brian Goetz, and work closely with them to provide better, you know, Loom experience or being a Loom uh, test framework. So what I will do is, in your case, I will write a mile, um, email to Brian Goetz and the others and say, look, we are Helidon and we have the reactive stuff and we would like, you know, to be your proof of concept of the project loop. So we have everything in place. This would be an, another opportunity, you know, for you. Uh, well, I think we are, we already are. The, the oh, okay. Test so this was an old news with them. Okay. So you are even more excited. Yeah. So, so you have to be really set. Now you, you learn all your idols, you know, from your youth. And now you are closed down, you know, in a flat in Prague 
and you can only see yeah, them via yeah, TV exactly. again. So what you what you had 20 years ago, all the time you you see them on YouTube, and now it's just bi-directional YouTube, I would say, right? Yeah, like uh, what they're using usually Zoom or something like this. Yeah, yeah, we are we are zooming. Yeah, zooming. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. In America. Incredible. So still, so David and you implemented two microprofile complete specification. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, with David, we have been working with uh, on the operators. Then I, I was finally able to actually finish the, the messaging or to, to pass the pass the TCK. So, so so after a few months I was I was I was finally able, you know, to create a demo uh, receiving the messages from Kafka. So it was But um, yeah. actually think about your impact, right? So you you working one year for Oracle and you created uh, uh, integration with Kafka. Which basically means it will be one of the more popular Elidon features. I it will be used by lots of projects. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I wasn't alone. There was no, no, people. but still, and, I mean, and, you are not alone. But yeah, and uh, and uh, even with the Kafka connector, I, I get great help from, from one of my colleagues who, who really did a lot of work. So, so, so it wasn't only me. It's, I was I, I was just uh, I just didn't know enough to. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. I guess it's just like that. What are the dirty secrets of reactive programming? So if you uh, if you start with reactive programming, always looks everything looks nice. But what no one no one says how it starts, right? So if you have Kafka, for instance, the lowest possible Kafka API, the consumer API, while this is ugly like hell, yeah. right? So yeah, you have yeah, a yeah. while. It looks like Java JDK one one, the first you know hello world example. So you have a while loop. I think it's called take or something. So you have to know to pull yeah, Kafka to pull, Q, pull the stuff. which is incredible. So this is and and the Kafka streams is already really nice and reactive, I would say. But behind the scenes, polling always happens. Yeah, there is also a loop inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did look inside, and yeah, it's it's which is it's really disappointing, right? Because uh, what I always thought that reactive programming, that deep into the weeds of reactive programming, there will be like you know signals or events io events but usually mostly yeah just polling right yeah but but it's not only you know the reactive reactive stream isn't only about pushing you can be pulling also it's that's why you have yeah. to you know the the request machinery there so you, you you can actually you can use the pulling use case also with the reactive stream and it should work just like that it's it that's that's why it's so cleverly Created all, all, all the specs, so so you can yeah, but you can actually use both directions too. For instance, uh, if you, I uh, I was actually not prepared well enough. So what I to do is to to look at your guide. But um, recently I, I looked at the Quarkus guide, and uh, what they have a nice example with Quarkus and reactive microprofile messaging, but uh, they don't have you know how the data flows in. So the data is generated by OT devices, and this is there's in topics. But if you try to push something reactively, it's no more that easy. So try now to integrate JAX-RS service with PUT, which stores something in the reactive stream. So you have to know there is you know, an emitter bridge, and with that you can do this. But this is like a secret knowledge, and there is actually in no tutorials there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's because it's not. Uh, uh, it's meant for the next version of the messaging spec. Yeah, okay, already... but this is a very common use case, and if you search for Stack Overflows, yeah, many yeah, people and, have and, you know exactly the question, you know. But because everyone who, who saw the spec was actually complaining about it. it okay, yeah. I didn't knew that. Sorry, uh, because uh, I, I had a, the it, two. It's pro possible to do it without the emitter. You can use the submission publisher in uh, Java mm -hmm. nine and above, mm -hmm. and it works almost the same like the emitter. It doesn't have so much uh, 
so much function, but, but but you can you can use it to actually emit. So so you create the outgoing method with the publisher builder, and uh, you uh, register there your publisher, uh, the submission mm-hmm. publisher. You you have to use the uh, flow adapter for for that. So 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 you, you can switch from uh, to the okay. different. Uh, interfaces and uh, and you can use the su- submission publisher okay this this is this is this is possible but submission publisher is final so you, in most of the cdis you can't actually inject it anywhere so so, so it's not uh, it's not that nice like with the uh, proprietary emitter created so yeah. we are working on our own emitter to have it uh, in time for the next version yeah, very good spec. because uh recently i was asked to create a proof of concept uh, where we had a lot, a, um, a large amount of data had to be uploaded and then parsed, and that's okay. It will be in Kafka in one point of time, so we do everything reactively because uh, we can. If we do reactively, everything, right? And then it's okay. I get the data via REST, JAX-RES. How to store it reactively, you know? Because what I wanted to do is to have like an incoming sync, and then just use incoming and outgoing annotations, so everything is just standard. And I find this found the solution, but I say, okay, no one talks about that, right? In, initial mm-hmm. I, initial data ingest, and then it was easy. Yeah. Then I could just do whatever. I have one example with reactive, uh, how it's called, reactive messaging with incoming and outgoing, and one topology example where with Kafka streams. But the beginning was I said uh, Open Liberty tutorial. They did a hack where they had you know a singleton with the emitter and replace something inside okay this is uh doesn't look nice and okay i got you this is the next version of the spec then it's addressed because i couldn't believe that no one no one you know addressed the problem yet so yeah it's it's somehow public secrets that nobody is talking about it but everyone knows it's needed and, uh, and okay. it's prepared i think in uh, in quarkus they already have some uh, proof of concept emitter and they are using that it's not the the one from the spec, I guess. They, but, they have uh, the mutiny but, stuff. But I, but, but, the mut- uh, they have mu- mutiny. Mutiny is like the reactive framework from then, and they try to make yeah, it yeah. simpler. They have, they have their own implementation of the operators like, like we do, and it's called mutiny. They have different, completely different flow of the operators. It's really interesting. Yeah, and, and even they, they, they get rid of flat maps, so they have their own, you know, yeah, 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 they yeah. simplified. I, I guess that's, a, that, that's the most, it's, it's a harder operator to, to understand i guess for for the newcomer so so, so i guess the the flat map the, i would say it is you cannot explain flat map unless you had the problem so if you you know yeah. if you if you if you do something with flat map and you see then you need actually a list and not in every slot another list you know so if you if you integrate it from 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 external source and you get an array and you want to have a just a stream just a slots just objects and not in every object is again an array, so you you don't like uh, you don't. I mean, then okay, flat map solves the problem because it it flattens the you know the the arrays. But it's really hard to explain. And if I show them a source code, that is absolutely obvious with the with yeah, the flat map. Yeah, yeah. and this is most of it, such cases. If you do it, then it is very simple. But you cannot just construct an hello world example and explain it to someone because this is like you know, if you don't have the problem, it's hard to understand. Yeah, I guess I guess that's that's uh, what's nice in Mutiny that it's it's more user friendly for for newcomers and yeah. But 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 for the for for the people who who already did something reactive and and knows that you know the operators are usually have the same names over they will hate it I all guess. the implementation. I guess because you know why because the the functional people they are all, they they don't like the object oriented people and uh, they they say okay <laughs> we are no the, the we are talking we are the Lisp guys right. 
and uh, and they invested a lot of time in all the operators. And if someone takes you know the operators away and makes something simpler, I don't I don't think you know you are popular then. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. It, it's kind of a black magic, and everyone is a, is but a magician. What, what I really like that the Quarkus guys try to make it simpler, and they uh, I mean this is like you know revival of the early Java days. So we have our Helidon, which is complete opposite to Quarkus and a similar area. So I would say it's really nice for me as developer to see both frameworks. A complete, you know, you are obsessed with performance. Quarkus is uh, obsessed, you know, with startup time and everyone is obsessed about something. So, I mean, uh, this is a really like that, I have to say. It was like the early Java days with all the servers, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it's not only two, two of us. It's, it's really, it's really. Cumulus. Cumulus is huge. Uh, you heard about Cumulus? No, no. Cumulus I, I EE. Know. So there were um, there were huge projects in Slovenia, I think, and they were in the workshops, and they were even committed to the Cumulus EE runtime. This is a microprofile runtime in Slovenia. It's huge. They, they they use it on government work and stuff like that. Cumulus EE is the name. Uh -huh. I, you, I never heard. Yeah, about you, you see, you, you heard about Piranha Cloud. Yeah, I, I heard about Piranha Micro. I guess it's really no, a lot of this micro. is Payara Micro. Complete different stuff. The Piranha uh -huh. Micro is the guy who did the security for Jakarta. They have their own Piranha Cloud. They already started a small micro-profile implementation just with servlets. Not this is interesting, and uh, they 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 uh, will implement Jakarta A9, and it starts fast like crazy. So it is it is really Piranha dot Cloud. So for the listeners, for you, check it out. So we get oh, a, yeah. lots of interesting new wave frameworks. Open Liberty, right, um, and. Whitefly uh, comes with now you can start it via jar, not like an application server. You can also start as jar, you know, also interesting. And because, you know, Quarkus is like repackaged Whitefly a little bit. So lots of the libraries are from Whitefly back then. Yeah. 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 But interesting. So let's say I would like to have a server socket integrated to your framework. And server socket, you I start thread and the server socket, you know, accepts data. I could integrate it with Helidon, right? Server socket? Yeah, Java uh, net, uh, Java.io server socket. Or net, Java net server socket. You know server socket? Of course. I, I haven't what? tried it. And, no, I, I, I really we we will that. cut it out, this section. Server socket is a Java, if you would receive over the network, you know, data. This is server socket. socket. Yeah, I've, been, I've been using that web socket. But server socket oh. is, is plain Java. You are an enterprise. Really, really. Yeah. I, I, I never tried it, so I, I will have to. And no problem. If uh, if I will send you via sockets, Java IO, I think it's Java Net, Java Net, Java Net socket, server socket. Oh. If I send you something over the wire without web socket, I mean Java to Java. Um, then you uh, the socket is the client part, server socket, of course, the server socket part, and you start a thread, and you have to block, and you will receive the messages. So, and I assume this will be always the case that uh, if you have a data source some kind of data, I would have to pull, right? And this yeah, reactive it, programming will hide this for me and yeah. and translate, you so know, the polling heavy. into events, right? There, there will always be some spinning. Yeah, always some spinning. Yeah. This is the yeah. unfortunate part, actually. But it will be much, much nicer with Loom, I guess. That's what we are all waiting for, right? That that I, I think that, that uh, there is a lot of, you know, that uh, everyone is uh, comparing the reactive with the coming Loom and saying, okay, that's what will happen with all those reactive infrastructure when the gloom comes because it won't be necessary anymore you know this is what i don't understand the argumentation because for me loom yeah. is you get lots of threads which are cheap so you can use request response in case you need you have request response without any penalty so you are not forced to 
transform your request response scenarios into reactive stuff, right? This is the impact of Loom. But still, yeah, yeah. for Kafka, I don't care. I still need your reactive messaging APIs because Loom doesn't help me. I mean, Kafka yeah. can spin better or faster. I don't care with Loom. But I will like to have an, a kind of data structure which reacts to events from Kafka. And I can just say map, filter, whatever, right? So this is complete opposite, I would say, solution. So Loom and reactive programming, they don't have nothing in common, I would say, right? I think... I think the reactive is really practical for the messaging. The messaging yeah. itself, it's, it's, that's just how those two things works together really great. But uh, all those places where the reactive has been, you know, forced by being a buzzword over the years, yeah. now those will, we will have to get rid of because, because it's, it will be obvious that it has no... Exactly. No, but uh, it was uh, never, it was always pointless. In most of my yeah, projects with, with a standard application server, we could, you know, handle more load than everyone expected. So, and, and then, you know, uh, many people just used reactive stuff to be reactive without measuring what they can achieve without reactiveness. And usually the problem in stock projects is, uh, who cares if the application server can handle, you no know, 10,000 requests per second if the database dies or you have a logs, you know, it's not like we're just doing like video transcoding or, or, or chat applications. Usually you're always in enterprise. I'm, I know I'm, boring enterprise developer you have something you know a database or or a host system or something in the background and this is usually the problem not your front end yeah, yeah. usually i talk usually it's not there are cases where you need you know the full power and then you can do reactive and we already had an, a nice conversation with clement from from corpus and he said for reactive if you have request response for instance right uh, in a workflow engine where you are blocking and you have lots of shut threads then reactive makes of course sense and if Loom comes out, then we can do it just, you know, in the Java way. We can just call and wait. Mm. No one cares. This would be the impact. So I'm not forced to use reactive programming for non-reactive, how to call it, resources, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like you know, the, the course of the web servers won't, won't have to be uh, built on Netty and recycle everything because... Yeah, because the... The, at the end of the day, the, new threads as, as, as you go. So. Yeah, the Java developers actually were not stupid. You know, the application servers are actually pretty sophisticated already. It's not like, you know, with uh, some reactive framework on top of application server, you are smarter than, you know, the developers who built these servers. Because I don't know what is behind. I think you're also using Netty, right? In the Helidon behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, what, what's the Helidon stack? You know that from JVM up to, your, to Kafka? So... Kafka. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. explain all the layers, you know, from from JVM Helidon to Kafka. Yeah, there, there is a Mate which is uh, uh, which is serving the uh, stuff over the network. Mm -hmm. um, then we have a Jersey, which is uh, actually injecting every endpoint for the rest uh, in the Helidon MP, of course. Then do you have thread pools or something in between? Uh, Yes, we do. But uh, if, if if you work with the, the reactive stuff, you are actually trying to to, to you know to, to to have only only one. So so the one which is served by by the net, the net is taking the thread and it, it's mm -hmm. trying to use it uh, like as long GS, as possible. Right? So, yeah, like the event so, loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there's a, the event loop, and and you are trying to to be not switching as long as possible. So Can you have you multiple to... event loops? Might make it sense to have multiple event loops in parallel. Well. That depends on the use case. Yeah. I guess if you if you do everything right, you shouldn't need it, right? Okay. So, <laughs> but 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 uh, sometimes there can be use cases when when it's actually uh, necessary because okay. 
you know, if if you are saving, if you are serving uh, reactively in some input stream, and you need to serve, you know, the bytes from that input stream, uh, from the behind, you actually need to do uh, two threads because otherwise you would be actually, you, you know, ho holding the the end of uh, mm -hmm. of the rope you you are yeah. you are riding on. So, yeah. so that can be one of the use cases. But I guess if you do it all right and reactively, you should be okay with one thread only. Mm -hmm. So it means that Jersey in Hedyton is also reactive. I'm not sure. It's I I, I think it's it, it's used the way that it's actually injecting the stuff and mm -hmm. and the serving uh, uh, serving the the under layer is is again the netty. It's just it's just a layer between the netty and uh, okay and the code itself. So I will send uh, a JSON message to Jersey so it will be received by netty, and then. I will. We have the strange emitter, which we're going to be fixed in the next version, but and then it lands in your context in the framework, right? Yeah, yeah. If you uh, if you will use the submission publisher, which is in the Java Util concurrent package, then there will be there. Then you will have to use some threads pool to create new threads because it can uh, mm -hmm. it can serve multiple subscribers. Uh, and it's buffering and everything, so so it needs to create new threads and work with them. But if you use our own, we have it's called buffered emitting publisher. I think it's it should be some uh, under implementation uh, under the coming emitter. Then uh, you actually will be okay with one thread only, the thread which is you know starting stream. So uh, so in whole reactive pipeline like that, there will be no new thread. Created, okay. At all, so so you should. But be okay later, with... you could create more threads with loop. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, because sometimes you have to do something lengthy. You know, like you can have some map operation, and in map uh, based on every item which came, you you need to do something which takes long. So you can't use the map because otherwise you would be blocking. So you you will use uh, it's called you will use flat map, which is able to wait for the completion stage. But it's not actually waiting for the completion stage because the waiting for the completion stage is is being done on the thread, which you uh, ah. gave mm -hmm. to the completion stage when you create mm -hmm. the run async, and mm -hmm. then there is a parameter for the uh, for the pool. And so, so so only the waiting is done on the new thread, mm -hmm. but the original thread is never never being stopped. So yeah. so the pipeline never so what never gets is, hold. If I would like to access the database and the uh, I would block the event loop, then it will stop, which is bad. So and therefore, yeah, yeah. this is waiting for a database. I will have to pass over another thread which waits for me but doesn't block the event loop. Exactly. That's the pattern, right? For and instance. that's that's in your control. That you just have to not not block the reactive stream itself because it's being in the best case scenario, it's being served only one by one thread, and you don't want to block that because otherwise you, you can end up with. So what it means the somewhere. the entire Helidon could just run on one thread. Uh, of course, no Kafka excluded because they start their own threads, but yeah, yeah. It, it could actually, yeah. so the, the memory consumption, consumption is really minimal because threads are consuming memory. And in your case, it will be one thread. Yeah, yeah, one thread with really long stack traces. <laughs> <laughs> one, one long, one thread with really long stack traces. So this would be a perfect title for the podcast, right? Helidon. One thread with long stack traces. No, we won't do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's quite that's quite a interesting thing that that I have discovered when I was trying to implement the first publisher that uh, you can't actually you know you use the one thread for 
for you know like serving your subscriber let him with this thread actually request other items mm -hmm. and then serve based on this thread coming from the request actually serve another item because eventually you will uh, run to this stack overflow so you have to cut it out somewhere so so, so there is it's called a, it's called a trampoline i think ah, this is this okay. and, and you have to create a trampoline and you have to be actually you have to actually it's, it's something like whip you you are just you, you know, swinging your whip inside the uh, uh, inside the pipeline, and uh, when it's done, it's it returns. You you wait, and and you have to actually buffer the uh, requests, and you can't hold uh, the thread for another serving from this request call because mm -hmm. otherwise you will end up with with this really long stack trace. It it, it was really something I did, never know before and never run into it in Spring. So so okay. that was a really interesting thing to and to um, now. What uh, what other sources are you supporting? Can you inherit it on just read from Kafka and write to WebSockets or out of the box? Or you know what I mean? Uh, you can see an incoming and outgoing. How many outgoing adapters do you have or are you supporting? Yeah, yeah, we have uh, we have connector for Kafka now, and we are finishing the JMS connector and connector for Oracle AQ, which mm -hmm. is the, the advanced queuing in the database. It's really interesting. It, it It's based on the JMS connector itself. It's just uh, more convenient. And we already can connect to the Oracle streaming service, which is in OCI, it's something really similar to Kafka. It's, it's uh, mm -hmm. easier to grasp and to set up. And uh, uh, it has the Kafka API, so it's already possible to connect it with our Kafka connector. It's what works great. And we are also working on the native connector so we can go around the uh, the Kafka connector because there is some, you are losing some lot of configuration which you don't okay. actually need. And, and WebSockets one point of time or SSE as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah it, it works. It, I have some POCs somewhere, I, I think. Oh, really? Uh, with WebSockets? Even examples in Helidon. We, we have examples in Helidon with WebSocket. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's even possible to do. I, I did some article lately. It was about uh, actually uh, uh, using the WebSockets as uh, for the reactive communication. So uh, uh, you, you can easily connect the with the WebSockets as it's bi-directional communication. You can actually connect uh, to some uh, reactive code on the client, so you can get the full stack. Reactive, you know that yeah. if you have the, the uh, how it's called the Rx Java for JavaScript, you you can connect it to it together, and uh, you just have to relay the signals. As, Even better, uh, why I'm asking in a project uh, last year, what we did without Rx Java, just straight JavaScript. So uh, the architecture was uh, the client wrote uh, a message or message was just REST interface. The deal was the REST interface was void, so we never got something back. So we wrote actually something. To the Redux store. This is a singleton in JavaScript, and um, or forget about the Redux store. So uh, we wrote directly to the server. The server uh, did was put or post. The server, the first thing it did, it wrote a message to Kafka. Then processing happened asynchronously, uh, um, and we got a result in a different Kafka topic, which was mapped to WebSocket. And the client got notification, not only this client, all other clients got the notification via WebSocket. And the WebSocket was mapped to the Redux store again. And the Redux store, if you change the state in the Redux store, uh, it notifies all the web components. So we got asynchronous unidirectional data flow, which simplified the client. It was really easy, you know, to build a server. without Because this RxJS is 
painful in the client and lots of dependencies again. And we did it without any dependencies and it worked great. So this is why I ask you know, whether the translation between um, Kafka and WebSockets comes out, out of the box in Helidon because it's usable. No, no we, we, are, we are thinking about some solution for that. There are some technical problems involved. So, okay. so it's, it's just the idea. It's, it's, it's okay, not... then there's another solution which is equally interesting, SSE, server sent events, because Jersey is already able to submit to generate them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, because this yeah, is we, standard browser standard, and this is and this is like we use SSEs as a fallback to WebSockets. Sometimes WebSockets are not supported mm. because of firewalls and strange stuff, and SSE usually works then. Mm. Yeah, uh, we have also examples with the SSE. It's it's that flying Frank demo. I, I don't know mm -hmm. if you saw it somewhere. And uh, we have uh, lately we have created a contribution to Jersey, so it can actually consume the publisher it serves you the publisher in, in, into the method so so you don't have to actually use the uh sse sync i think and broadcaster it's called that, mm -hmm. uh, that api in jersey so you can uh, actually connect it directly to the reactive pipeline so even in the messaging you can you know mm -hmm. register the publisher from the uh, mm -hmm. from the sse and, and it so works right away it's, it's, it's what, easier what, to connect together right now what you mentioned earlier is that uh, you did some changes in Helidon. And then you got, you know, notice from performance department, you broke Helidon, right? Basically. So yeah. how it works. So is it like Helidon monitored the entire time regarding performance? So you have like a performance test or, or behind the scenes, or if you do a change, do you have nightly runs or nightly builds or how, how this works? Yeah, I don't exactly know the particularities. I, I, <laughs> I only know when, when they come to me, but... But there, there is it's like you know the people like the, you know the men in black. There's some people like with black glasses, and you broke the helidon. Now fix it, right? So it works like that, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost like that. Yeah. And uh, they they have some big big, big project which is uh, measuring the performance of the helidon and uh, every aspect of it. And uh, and uh, I have never looked into it. I I think I I could. I maybe will. <laughs> but uh, but I know that the people who are working on that are really specialists in this area. So. Yeah, yeah. So is... why I'm excited about that? Because what it means is that Oracle, you know, takes Helidon seriously. I mean, it seems like it's a serious piece of infrastructure because they invest seems like a lot. So if they measure the performance and they are so obsessed about the performance, so this is like uh, some important project to Oracle. Yeah, I, I hope. Yeah. I think so. It's, a, it's important for us, to do, you know, all the people I know who are working with, with it and only. So, so I hope it's important if, even in some higher levels. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if you know the, uh, I think Larry Ellison will you know draw Helidon on his you know yacht, then then you will win. You know, there's like a Helidon racing team by Oracle or something like this, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope he he listens. It yeah, of course. Right he, now, he, so he, 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 you know, he's listening. That, so he missed the episode about Helidon. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Larry. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, always, always nice to have fun. Um, so um, you had experience with Spring. Now you know Helidon. Yeah. What's the opinion now? I mean, because I don't have a lot of experience with, with Spring, but I get all you know, questions about Spring Boot. And uh, yeah, so what, what's the yeah. direct comparison? So, I mean, Spring is probably, you know, they, 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 it's an older framework, so they have more integration points, whatever. But what from the developer pers perspective or experience? So what's, you have a half year or one year experience with Helidon. So what's your developer impression? Uh, well, I like the standards that that you can actually you know when when you create your app in Spring you are 
locked down to Spring for a long time. So, so if something doesn't go the way you want and you would like to run away, you, you just can't. But with the Helidon, if you if, if you really de develop based on the microprofile specs and you, you just can switch to one other implementation really easily, like to the Open Liberty or to Fire. Yeah. So, so, so it's it's great that there is so much, and, and you know, even if, if if there is a new version of Helidon and something doesn't work like you really need to, and you need to fix it right away, you can even consider to switching, and it's not so expensive, like you know, running away from Spring. So that's the thing that was always like a problem with Spring, I would say. But there wasn't so much alternatives to actually go with. But but and back I, then you were happy as a Spring developer, you said, right? So so you enjoyed the Spring. So I mean, as a developer. Yeah, yeah. But if you yeah, if you had Helidon back then, would you be happy? You know, with the perform uh, startup time. I don't know. I, I have no idea about you know the comparison. Is it like comparable yeah, development? Yeah, we have been we have been starting that Spring up. I was working on uh, in WebLogic and and. It took like a few minutes before it's okay. So I thought this is so, more. So I guess everything okay. would be better. Okay. Better. But but when I was leaving that company, when I when I was working on the Spring, uh, they've been already migrating to Kubernetes, and our app was one of the first that was able to run in the Spring Boot. So uh, it was possible to go this way with Spring pretty easily, I guess. There's a lot of the uh, movement around the the native images uh, with Graal. Uh, those days, and uh, I already heard that that, that uh, Spring Boot is already able to be uh, compiled to native image. So I guess they are uh, yeah. keeping. On but the... what I have to admit is, uh, so I have lots of Quarkus projects right now, but we never compile it to GraalVM. We always run in JVM mode because already so small. What I did as a small impression with uh, Helidon, so I played with Helidon, and uh, it always felt small and nimble. So I think you shouldn't be forced to compile to GraalVM. This is the option which makes everything better. But I think what you explained, also you're using one thread, are really cautious about the performance. So um, for me, it is uh, good enough. So um, I think, you know, the GraalVM is interesting for serverless workloads or lambdas where you really have to start fast. But uh, if your application is running longer, maybe the JVM mode is even more interesting because uh, the hotspot can optimize better than the static optimization of GraalVM. Yep. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I always thought that, that the native image would be super cool for some, you know, IoT and you can use the Helidon on some IoT device and compile it to native because you need it to start really quickly because, you yep. know, we want to open the garage doors or something. Yep. But, but I, I guess that's that, that's where it's where it could be really practical. But maybe maybe there will be time when, when the if, when it won't be such a problem to actually compile to the native image and and the problems related with uh, with the native image compatibility will be so uh, marginal that that it will be really easy to do it and and some will someone will just calculate up that that it's uh, it's uh, cheaper to run the native images in, in the cluster than uh, than the JVMs. I don't know. Maybe maybe the JVMs. No, it's good to have the option. It's good to have the option, but uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think uh, that you know the net the framework should be only you know efficient on GraalVM. It should be efficient in both. This is uh, the challenge actually. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, by the way, a feedback. What I really like in Helidon is the command line loop, the Helidon binary image. This is just great. I say Helidon in it. I have a project Helidon dev, and it just works behind the scenes. And it works by the way differently to Quarkus. 
So Quarkus reloads on the uh, HTTP call and Helidon uh, reloads if the source changes. So this behavior is different, but uh, works. I really appreciate the command line interface, the Helidon binary, which is, by the way, built by GraalVM. So this is another, another great uh, use case for GraalVM command line interface tools. And I wrote actually a lot uh, command and interface tools for my machine just for to automate things like create you know the uh, pages for my workshops this always is growl native native images and this is just great yeah i, I will tell it to tell it to the guys who are working on that they will be really happy to hear that i think i i heard yesterday that they already have a windows version of the uh on clis so. yeah so this is what uh doesn't affect me but yeah 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 <laughs> but, but 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 as i heard it was quite complicated to to make it work so yeah, my feedback was why did just uh, not publish you know just the jar as well because uh, I just found you know the native images on the internet but they could just publish the jar and then you would have the command line you could start with java minus jar right yeah but you know it's it's a time when every every microservice framework has its own CLI stuff and if someone tries it in, in Go or something and then yeah yeah this looks like Go it could start long and th then somebody would say okay the intelligence is slow because then I, I ask, I ask Dimitri like, this, this looks like Go but I, I would write it in Java and, and Dimitri yeah it is Graal <laughs> which, which is great so thank you um, it was really interesting and uh, the next time we should you know talk about your endeavors with or, or would be interesting who else you met you know at Oracle your next idol after the pandemic hopefully yeah, when when they let us back to the office, I would... yeah, this, you are one. You know, I would like to back to Oracle office. You are one of the new developers. I really would like to 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 meet the people, right? Um, okay, thank you. Where people can find about the reactive work, probably if there is a link, or you've written a blog, seems like right. Yeah, yeah we have a we, we have a uh, how is called the channel on Medium, the, the Helidon, and and uh, okay. every time I do publish from time to time something about it. So uh, so. From time to time, there, there is a, one of the articles is about the reactive stuff. I, I will I will create a new about the JMS connectors and, uh, and the nice. Do uh, where people can find you? What's your Twitter handle and GitHub? Uh, uh, my Twitter handle is Daniel Katz G A C, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the but GitHub. This, is I saw same. this C has uh, the Czech character, right? Some of your characters have the you know the specific Czech character, right? Uh, you, uh, no, I have no diacritics in my name, so no. So I'm I thought because uh, then would be um, we could apply, you know, these Kaminitsky's brothers, you know, uh, knowledge. Yeah, 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 to, yeah. To, to, yeah. No, it's, no. Yeah, it wouldn't work with me. But. Okay, <laughs> okay. Thank you. It was nice to chat with you, and I would like to reinvite you back to take to 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 talk about, you know, your future work at Helidon. It was fun. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye.